Okay, Brooke, how are you? I am well. How are you? Good. So, you know, I feel like we have to start documenting and memorializing, memorializing the fact that we've just gone through a pandemic and that the world's population has been wearing masks. You know, like, you know, we've actually had a custom-made one with our logo on it. But I'm saying this because, you know, the numbers are radically dropping now, right? You know, in, in Los Angeles, very much so. I was looking yesterday, and I don't think that there was any deaths yesterday in the county. Or if there was, it was very few. Few people, much fewer people have contracted COVID. And if you look at the five most southern counties, very, the numbers are way down. Well, that's great. I mean, we were doing horribly there for a while. Um, I haven't looked at L.A. specifically, but I know California is doing you know, just hugely better than we were before, which is it's good news. For yeah, us. yeah. I mean, something's got to be said for the the effort that you know Garcetti and New they've they've made an effort. You know, and I I, I want to talk to you a little bit about how I've hated this experience, <laughs> but but the results are kicking in. I mean, here we are in April of 2021, and that's like blown away what the forecast was as to where we're at because mm-hmm. I the numbers right now I think are pretty equivalent to March of uh, 2020. Okay. If, you, if you actually look at the number of uh, people that have contracted, we're in that beginning stage now. We've, we've gone almost full circle, you know. I, mean, so, I can't believe it's been so long. Yeah. Time just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Well, for you, it might seem that. For me, it seems very quick because, of course, you know, I've got a little bit more of a sense of time having gone through a few things in life and stuff. But, you know, they were saying that, look, you know, wait until November of, of 2021 before you get to any normalcy. Then Biden started talking about we're going to get everybody evacuated by the end of May. I don't think that anybody predicted in April that the numbers would be as low as they are right now. Now, of course, knock, 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 you know, we could be into the next surge before you know it. But it's pretty optimistic, I think, right now that we're we're coming out of this thing. I agree. Yeah, businesses are open. The, the garage downstairs, all the cars are there again. I noticed that LA Fitness right below us has people running on those bicycles in the window. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it feels good, but it also is kind of anticlimactic. You know, when you're driving down the street, you're going, I thought there'd be some kind of a drum roll or something, man, you know? <laughs> when the traffic's back. Yeah. Well, uh, that part I hate. That's the worst. It's If I'm going to have to wear a mask, at least you know, take the traffic away. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's talk a little bit about the masks, okay. okay? I hate wearing a mask. I don't really mind it. Um, I was actually in Dallas this weekend, and it's completely different than Los Angeles. I felt so silly because I was the only person really wearing a mask when you're, you know, even out like at outside dining, you know, how we put on our mask if we're going to go to the bathroom or, you know, just do any sort of walking. That is not the case there. Um and I mean, I think that shows that I, I must not mind the mask so much if I'm willing to you, you put get, it on. And, you've got the California mentality. Yeah, I bought, I bought my first um, mask chain, which I've been putting Ooh. off. Ooh. And now it I seems like... I haven't seen one of those yet. It's very handy. I wish I had gotten it earlier because I'm always kind of losing my mask or, you know, I sit next to David and I have to joke with him to tell me if I forget to wear my mask. I'll just walk out of my office sometimes. So my my chain is perfect and I don't have to forget it. So you're saying that you have, you know, this California mentality, which probably is what caused us to have really good results here. Definitely. On the other hand, uh, you know, there are states out there that have done fairly well without being so. I mean, Texas is kind of one of them. And they're doing well. And um, I mean, I know they have somewhat high vaccination rates, um, higher than I expected, I guess. Um, 
Um, but I guess subconsciously I can't forget with that, yeah. that California mentality, like you're saying. I was in a uh, hotel restaurant uh, last week. I had to see my doctor in the west end of town, and I, got, I sat outside, you know, Marina Del Rey. I was looking at the beautiful ships, and, you know, put my uh, hat on, forgot to put my mask on. I walked into the hotel, I was looking for the valet, and the mask monster Uh-oh. popped out and said, Sir, do you have a mask? You know, and of course she was right to do so, okay? You know, and I felt a little bit defensive, and I felt like it was necessary to say, uh, I've been vaccinated twice. I've <laughs> <laughs> gone through the hardship. I'm fully vaccinated, you know? Uh, so when are we going to get down with this? I mean, you know, we were talking, I don't know if it, it was uh, me and David were talking, but, you know, we're going to be out there before you know it, and the people are going to revolt, okay? If the numbers get to be even lower, when are people going to say, that's it, we're done? Because I don't think the government is going to give us an official day anytime soon. I mean, I know New York has just come out that things are going to be reopened July 1st. I didn't look too closely to it because, um, you know. No, I'm not talking about these guys. I know, but I guess the masks have to do with that, too. Where, okay. um, and, you know, the CDC just released something, I think, yesterday, um, sort of a graph of if someone's vaccinated and then where they are and if they're with an unvaccinated person. You know, if you're vaccinated, you can really technically not have to wear these masks um, outside unless you're at a concert. Or what? I didn't know about this. Oh, it just came out yesterday. Um, so I so I could right now walk across Lake Avenue, go get a cup of coffee, not wear a mask, and the cops aren't going to give me a ticket? You're, they are not supposed to. I mean, this is the recommendation from the CDC, um, according to the science. That's, you know, what's happening. But we don't walk around with anything that says we're vaccinated, so how are you going to prove I'll wear it? something. I don't, <laughs> you're right, though, because you draw the ire of the people out there, yep. and that's worse than the cops stopping you, Definitely. you know? I mean, I'm still going to be wearing my mask just for the sake of not getting into it with someone, because you know, who has time these days? <laughs> uh, Lord. Man, you know, if... I was saying this at the very beginning that, you know, if we had some kind of a pass or something, you know, and I, heck, you know, you were kind of like those things that you get into conventions, you know, and it's got, I've been vaccinated, <laughs> vaccinated. and you've got the seal or something. But I guess that would be very expensive for, if, if the government's not going to do that. And then how do you know people aren't forging it exactly. and stuff, right? Uh, it's a weird world. Okay. Well, we'll keep posted on this area, you know, and the day that I, don't have to wear a mask out there, and I'll feel like I've truly gone full circle on this thing. I don't care what the numbers are, so long as I'm walking around my own office with this thing on here, you know. <laughs> I hope they stay a little bit. I do like the idea of if you're not feeling well, you know, you wearing it to help other people, how they do, you know, in Japan. But who are you helping now? Well, no, just regular sickness, okay, even. Here's, here's, my, here's the point. Now, I don't want to sound like, you know, some of the radical people on podcasts, okay? Because <laughs> I'm a pretty moderate guy, okay? So, you know, I'm not trying to be this way, but... If you haven't gone out and gotten vaccinated yet, when there's a surplus of vaccination sitting on shelves, and I'm supposed to be protecting you because I'm fully vaccinated, walking around this mask because you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, I'm sorry, okay? I'm talking, I hope everyone who is able to get vaccinated has gotten vaccinated. I know that's not the case, but I'm talking more just in general around flu season. Um, I feel like I, I get sick so easily, not even just COVID, anything like that. I think it's just an, a nice idea to adapt. If you're not feeling great, just put on that mask quickly. It's, I don't know, two days, whatever. Um, I think that would be helpful. Well, that's a good thing to learn and for something. And somebody sees you with a mask, you know, okay, that person potentially has got something. So stay, stay that's away. good. Yes. But right now, though. I understand your point yeah. completely I mean, about 
right now. They're, they were saying, bear with us. I think uh, Dr. Falsi said, you know, one more month. Just hang us with, or maybe it was Biden. One more month and we're going to be done with this thing if everybody complies with the masks and you're safe and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Then the vaccinations came and then people stopped taking them, right? I know. I think it's crazy. And, I, and I've got to go out there. And I'm, I believe in taking care of my brother man, my, my sister, right? I, I think it's my responsibility. But when people don't take care of themselves, and I now fully vaccinated, I'm not going to harm anybody. I don't think so. And I've got to walk out there in the 90 degrees weather. <laughs> That's the worst. With a mask on. I could barely breathe. I could, I could have a heart attack out there because somebody didn't get vaccinated. I mean, there, yeah, of course, there's that idea of, you know, personal responsibility. And, you know, you have done what you can do. And, you know, we can't all just be waiting for the. Yeah, you can't, you can't make somebody comply. Now, okay, some people might not have the capability of doing it. And, you know, we have to try to make that available to them. And I think the government's done a wonderful job I of it. So. I mean, if you went down to where I got my shots, that was down over at the forum. And, you know, it's just a huge parking lot, man. And, you know, it, it was such a great operation. And I understand that that's been throughout the country. It was at Dodger Stadium was similar to that. I mean, it was in and out. It was free. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to get out of your car. It was like, boop, okay, and we're going to watch it for 15 minutes. Thank you very much. And they were very nice. There's no downside, uh, you know, so long as you want to make yourself available. For those people that can't, I think that there's been accommodations for that as well. But anyways, I don't want to spend the whole program talking <laughs> about why I don't like wearing masks. <laughs> okay. But I, we want to do, talk about something else because you came across an article that yes. caught your fancy. Yes. Tell me about it. So Utah has just passed, um, it was signed on um, March 16th, and it's going to go into effect in May, which it's just right around the corner, almost literally. Um, that is going to require that any father whose paternity has been established to pay half of the mother's insurance premiums while she is pregnant and any related uh, medical costs, um, including the actual birth itself. Okay, now slow it down because you know that I'm from the Midwest and I, I not only talk slow, but I think slow. So you're telling me that in Utah, which is traditionally one of those red conservative states, that they pass legislation that goes into effect in May. Am I hearing you right so far? Correct. And they're actually going against uh, fathers who, uh, you know, normally, you know, I mean, they're protecting women. They're going against fathers, and they are making them pay for prenatal expenses? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, like, what kind of expenses? Um, so, you know, routine blood work. Um, I mean, not even routine. Anything, I guess, that, you know, the mother would need medically um, to have this, this child, uh, the father is, can be ordered to pay for half of it. Okay. Now, I, one thing that I heard you say that I wasn't familiar with it is, is an established father. Yes. So, so I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here because I don't, really don't know. They always say that the man never knows, right, until there's a genetic test, but the mother always knows, right? And I don't even know if that's true. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Somebody told me that once. But, you know, the mom has a better idea than the father, Okay. Father is in a dating relationship with a woman. They've been, you know, dating for a couple of months. She comes around his place one day and says, "Guess what? I'm pregnant, right? Aren't you happy?" <laughs> and he's like, he's thinking, you know, I, I don't know if that's mine, you know. So, is there a way for him to determine? That this child is his, even though the child hasn't been born. I believe it has to be. It has to undergo genetic testing. Which okay, is, is one of the interesting parts about this because, um, 
you know, mothers have a right to not have those tests run, you know, before the baby's born um, in most states. I probably should have looked that up. But I, I do know that these these testings um, do present some, I mean, very small, but there is a danger to the fetus. And so it puts the woman in an interesting position where if she needs the support, which often, um, you know, women do when they're pregnant, um, that they have to just slightly endanger that fetus to prove the paternity and get mm. that support. So it is interesting, but... You know, on the other hand, people do lie about paternity and, you know, you don't want to put someone on the hook for something that they're, you know, really not a part of or have that obligation. Realistically, we're not talking about a lot of money, you know, so <clears throat> in either side, you know, um, but I didn't know about the endangerment of the, the fetus like that. It's very small. Okay. I mean, it's very small, but I know that's why, you know, women can't really be forced to do that kind well, of they testing. Shouldn't be. Right. They, they shouldn't be, but, but there has to be a, in, under this law, there has to be a determination, yes. which tells me that most of the time what's going to happen is these expenses are going to be ordered paid after the child's born. Probably. probably. Where you could actually get you know a paternity test without endangering anybody. But going back to your comment about Utah being a conservative state and this, I, and I had the same um, reaction to it that, wow, it's so progressive of Utah come to find out it's actually done more because abortion. of, of abortion, yeah. which I, I really it did not cross my mind until I read the article. I was driving here today. I was thinking about that. That's why they probably did it. And you know what? I mean, at least they're being consistent. They, yeah. I mean, yeah. They ha- I mean, they have some very... Uh, they should have done it a long time ago. Yeah. And they, um, the, one of the co-sponsors of the bill, he said, this was not necessarily intended to be at, about abortion. It was the idea that abortion is happening because people are put in a really difficult situation. But... I mean, I don't think the money is really the only reason why this. Okay. Well, you know what? I got to tell you that as a family law attorney, I get really pissed off when somebody comes in my office and they're not making any money, they're broke, and some character out there is just, you know, avoiding the whole situation. I I mean, there's we get cases every now and then, then where. The poor woman gives, and they're usually really young people, mm-hmm. you know, gives gives birth to a baby. And, of course, what else would they give birth to? <laughs> you know, it has a baby, and the father doesn't come around for like a year or two. And then suddenly, you know, you know, they get it, you know, a feeling like they want to see the kid, and it's kind of cute, and then they want to play papa, and they haven't been around for a couple of years. And, you know, to me, that it's just such crap you know and, and i love the fact that some of the clients that we've had have actually here in california gone after those prenatal expenses mm-hmm. I and mean, we've had those before and i think that that's very fair because especially with young women i mean it is such a financial strain you know and that's where you know as a family law attorney uh you know young women really earn your respect you know because you see what they go through to be to be a responsible mom oh, and, yeah. there, and there's just so many young men out there that won't, you know, they want to deny, you know, and, and they're not willing to step up until, you know, it's cute to do so, right, you know, and stuff. You know, there's a, a lot of really good fathers, don't get me wrong. I mean, we've, we've, get a, we've got a lot of great fathers as clients, you know, and even as opposing parties, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I have to admit there's good fathers out there, but I'm talking about this one niche, right, you know. I mean, so, I was, uh, you know, just speaking about mothers, I was in Dallas visiting one of my best friends who has um, a nine-month-old baby. This is a perfect child. I love her with all my heart. I was exhausted the entire weekend. I don't know how my friend does it. It, it, it. I mean, I look up to all parents, and I, you know, I feel like 
I always was very respectful of parents, but to really see it with your own eyes, and I'm sure once I, if I ever become a parent myself, it's going to be a whole nother level. Let me but tell you, I've had three, <laughs> and it is the hardest thing that I've ever done, you know, as far as trying to make it all work, you know, and stuff. And you've got, it seems like with each child, it multiplies the stress. Mm -hmm. But by the time you have three, they outnumber you, and it's very chaotic. But it's also the, you know, if you love kids, you know, it's the best thing that could ever oh, happen yeah. to you. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about uh, paternity. I, you know, because these cases that we're talking about, the prenatal expenses, I presume there wouldn't be any situations where people are married, no. you know, and the husband is going, I'm not paying for your, you know, I mean, that's just not realistic, right? But it's always a paternity case. Um, and what really uh, is interesting to me is historically paternity cases have been, they still are private, mm -hmm. you know, and why do you think that there's, there's so much privacy around them? Well, I think it comes from a pretty antiquated idea that there's something wrong with a child born out of wedlock, and therefore their privacy needs to be protected. Um, I mean, I think that's what it must have started with. That's how it, you know, the old English law and common law probably put that in the forefront. So um, who are they protecting? I think they'd say they're protecting the child and potentially the mother as well. Okay. You know, how about the father? I, I tell you what I always thought, and you know, you're probably right and I, in this case. I'm probably wrong, but I always thought they're protecting the married guy, the married guy that has a fling. There's a child out there, and we're not going to say, you know, what that person's last name is. We're going to, you know, you won't have access to online or anything like that's that. That's interesting. And then I guess I didn't think about it, but you know, when the way um, estates used to be passed down, I wonder if you know having. A child out of wedlock could complicate that for the, like you said, the married, you know, father of these other children. Um, it's interesting how much of our laws are based on, you know, like I said, these very antiquated ideas that we, you know, that most people don't hold anymore. Right. And, you know, what you started off by saying is, is that they're there to protect the, uh, the infant child mm -hmm. because there was this stigma of being a bastard child, right? <laughs> you know, and almost every family has a story of people trying to protect a child born out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. And my family's got quite a few of them, you know, and I think even famous people like Jack Nicholas, he's got a story where he was raised by, I don't know I if think it was his sister or... He was raised by his grandmother, okay. who they called mom, and then his sister was actually his mom. And he didn't find out, I don't know why, I just recently read about this, but he didn't find out until um, after they were both dead. Yeah, yeah. And how horrible and sad for him. Yeah, you know, and it was just... Isn't that something? I mean, there was that much of a stigma where that that went on all the time, all the time, all the time. You know, and nowadays, uh, there's no, I don't think there's the stigma anymore. I mean, if you you know, it's just very common for yeah. people not to get married that have children and single moms and all that. I don't know if that's our you know coastal bias that we're dealing oh, with. Okay. I, you know, I don't know if it's different maybe in some other places, but I mean, I feel fortunate that. We, at least in California, Los Angeles, Pasadena, you know, for the most part, I think that stigma is removed. Okay, okay. So, because I, I was going to ask you, is it time to change the secrecy? I, mean, I kind of think all family law matters should be, um, you know, if one part is going to be secretive, then it all should be secretive. Or if one's going to be non-secretive, it should all, you know, be open. I, I don't think there's a difference between a paternity case and, you know, a divorce with minor children. Okay. Um, Obviously, the custody part um, yeah. is what I'm discussing. But. Yeah. Well, the public has the right to know what people's income is and what their fights are and all that stuff. So, because I, I, I mean, it's more of a lack of, you know, inconvenience. I hate having to figure out 
about a new client matter. You know, let's say that somebody comes and they've already had an attorney and they substitute us in and we look online and we're trying to figure out what the case is. is sorry, you can't look there because, you know, this is a paternity case, you know, and, and so we have to go through these special, you know, machinations to get the records and all that stuff. And I always think, why? Why, 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 why? You know? yeah. And then I think, you know, when we're thinking about our clients, of course, we're thinking, you know, we do know, oh, this is a divorce, this is a paternity case. But when you're just dealing with custody, it's very easy to not remember that the parties were never married because your, your focus is obviously on what's going to be the best for the child. It doesn't matter that the parents were never married. It doesn't change our determination of how custody should work or how support is going to work. And it plays out the same in court. Right. And right. so, you know, you forget and then you come up, you know, the L.A. case summary and you come up and we, we don't have any records for that case. And yeah. Yeah. You know, in court, uh, you got crazy people that have never been married and you got crazy people that have been married mm-hmm. and you've got abusive people and you've got drug addictions and you've got problems with kids and all that stuff. And it's like the cases are identical. It's just the fact that, you know, one set of parents were married and the other weren't, weren't, you know, and stuff. So anyways, that was a good discussion. I, I agree. <laughs> you know what? Thank you for bringing this up. I think that uh, the world is better now that we know about prenatal expenses. Very good. I you, aim to look, please. Look at your contribution <laughs> to the world. I love it. Okay. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.